Y'all, hormones, it's impossible not to have them. There's over 1,000 hormone disruptors in our food, our water, the air, the clothes, the skin care, the dryer sheets, everything, child, is a scam. To the hormones, okay? Plus, we have natural hormonal changes that our bodies go through. Like, what's going on with my body? Like, I am now in my 30s and my skin is acting like a teenager. What is going on with the hormones? Which is why I love Hormone Harmony. It contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Okay, so adaptogens help the body adapt to stressors like chaotic hormonal changes. It's perfect for women struggling with PMS, menopause, and more, honey. Y'all know I work hella jobs. Hormone Harmony has really helped me like regulate, especially like sleep and just relaxation and calming down and not panicking as much. They've got 17,000 reviews, so you don't even have to listen to me, but get into it. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire order at hormonemammoth.com. Just use the code goddess at checkout. Watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? She's in her 20s. She lives in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. What's poppin' congregation? It's your girl, Lacey Mosley. Welcome back to another installment of Time Magazine's Top 10 Podcast of 2022, Scam Goddess. I'm sorry, I had, I had to say it because I was just freaking the fuck out when I saw that. Thank you guys for listening and telling your friends and have and playing it in the other room while your baby is asleep so I can get extra streams. I appreciate every scam, anything that we can do, but I really love you all and I really am very excited about that. But I'm even more excited excited yes i'm even more what yes i already gave it away i'm so sorry y'all but y'all know i'm thrilled and i really truly am thrilled to have today's guest because i met this person online i met this person online and somehow ended up at their house (laughs) (laughs) okay having delicious food and drinks and i was like see i hate a latte for taking online twitter from us because that's how i end up at people's houses but today we have a comedian and fashion icon truly amazing stand-up comedian writer actress during the pandemic she and her beautiful grandmother had everybody dropping that ass on social with the drop challenge which was hilarious and so many people have done it iconic now she has her first stand-up special entitled the intruder premiering on hbo december 10th the intruder oh i love that that's like how i intruded her house yes <laughs> i was invited though if you want to see her live hit comedy shows in los angeles go to her website and that is at oscocomedy.com for dates get into it see her lives get these fits in person with your eyeballs congregation please welcome otsko okatsuka Ooh. Ooh. Hey, Lacey. <laughs> that might have been the longest intro I've ever done. I'm so sorry. But we got to get these these plugs. You got a lot of shit coming out. That was so gorgeous. You made me feel so special. 
You are. Oh. You truly are. Oh, and that's why you are always invited to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Your house is cute. I had a good time over there. A great time. Thank oh my goodness, you. how you doing? I'm good. You know, you saying all of that made me think, God, you know, that is sad that Twitter is crumbling because that is how maybe we were going to be one of the last people that met there that got to, you know, meet in real like life that. out of there. You know, not- I like that. That's a positive approach. That's a glass half full. You're like, but we met each other. Mm-hmm. But I was saying so maybe we we'll it. be the last people to do that because yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's no longer. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, it's still there, but it's a it's a scary sight to look at. It is. It already was before, but somehow scarier now. I know. I know. I was like Halloween passed, and I'm still getting spooked. You know, like <laughs> real life is scarier. I always find real life is, is pretty damn scary. And then also Twitter is the place where they're like, hey, this is all the terrible stuff that's happening right now. For sure. For sure. And then you so, so you bring it into your home, into your brain, into your heart. Yeah, <laughs> into your heart, bro. And it's so weird because you'll be watching like a video of like a, a baby chimpanzee and then it'll be like World War Three is happening. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? I know. I know. And even like on other sites, it's not safe. You know, like I, I literally I don't know how I came upon this because I don't want kids and I don't really look at kids. I don't think about them. But I stumbled upon a YouTube video of a baby taking her, its first steps. Mm-hmm. OK, a video of a baby taking its first steps. 453 dislikes. <laughs> what? what? Oh, okay. Are you hating on the baby? The baby just got here. You don't even know the baby. It's just- wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what What could the baby have done better? Like, walked better? Or did you right. think it this- was not cute? Right. These were your, your first steps were better. Let us see your first steps. Since you know every damn thing. Like, what? People are mean-spirited. How you gonna hate on a baby walking? Baby ain't do nothing to you. Yeah, 453 dislikes. I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. It it was so ridiculous. It made me laugh because I was like, wow, like people just are out here hating on two-month-olds. Right. Like, that. you know what? But that should give us all, I guess, a little respite in that. Mm-hmm. People are going to be mad and there's nothing you can do about it because if you 453 people is also a significant number of haters on a baby. It is. Too many. You don't even know the baby's name. The baby can't talk. The baby hasn't even had its first thought yet. What you're doing is making sure that the mom sees it, you know, because the mom is the one that oh, wow. <laughs> That's sick. You're right. Because the baby's not going to see the hate until it gets older, but the mom will see the hate immediately. And you know what On happens? Some, the baby will get older and what they'll end up doing is maybe suing the mom for putting... <laughs> that's what the Nirvana baby, that's what happened to the... You know, the baby that's on the cover of like a Nirvana CD or something? Yeah, the very, very classic uh, Nirvana cover. It's like on every T-shirt now and stuff. Did the baby win, though? I feel like the baby didn't win. I don't know, but I love that we still don't know the baby's name. It's still, (laughs) to us, the baby. Yeah, we'll always be the baby. (laughs) We'll always be the baby. That's a reason to sue right there. Yeah. You go everywhere, they're just like, yeah, oh, you the baby, right? He's like, like, no, that's that's the rapper. The very sad failing rapper, which is getting exactly <laughs> what he deserves for being awful. Now he got to sell two for one BOGO tickets to his concerts. Mm-hmm. I heard that he was at the Cheesecake Factory trying to give away tickets for free. And people <gasps> were like, no, thank you. What? Oh, my gosh. That's so. Oh, man. That is dwindling. Imagine if you see like a scalper outside who's like, I got these tickets to the baby concert. And then you're like, wait, the baby? are you the baby? Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
You're wait, hold on. You, I thought you had an assistant, somebody. Right. Don't you need to be on stage right now? They said the concert started. <laughs> I do appreciate the relatability. You know, you never right. see a star at Cheesecake Factory selling their own tickets. Giving them away, no less. Oh, giving them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Down bad. I mean, it's what she deserves. So here we go. (laughs) And also update. The baby did lose that lawsuit. The baby's lawsuit was dismissed. Okay. Got it. Okay. Sorry, baby. You you didn't win either. You and the YouTube baby are down bad. But good luck to y'all. We always ask though, I was going on this podcast. What's your relationship with scams? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Have you ever been scammed? Have you ever run any scams that have passed the statute of limitations? Anything. I've only sort of been like on the outskirts of them, you know, people that I was dating or, you know, someone I was dating's like aunt got scammed kind of thing, but I've never been scammed. I love that for you. Thank Has you. anyone ever tried or you just, no one's even ever approached you with a good spicy scam? I've gotten an email and it was over that one boyfriend that I was just talking about. Saying, you know, it was just for asking for money. He had traveled. He he had gone to like Montenegro or something anyway. Mm. And so he was gone. And so it was possible that he needed money suddenly, you know, and that he did get kidnapped and was put in the back of a car. And Kidnapped? <laughs> that was the email from him. Oh, from quote from unquote him. him. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, I'm kidnapped, but they did give me email and cell phone access. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. They they parked by a Starbucks when, you know, but I was still in the trunk uh, so that I could (laughs) connect to Wi-Fi. And I just need that money. That's so that they would let me go. You know, I'm still in the trunk right now. Hurry. Right now. Currently in the trunk. (laughs) Hello? You you hear that? That's the trunk. Wait. So was this a current boyfriend or this was an ex at the time? This is an ex. Yeah. At the time. Maybe eight years ago or something. Yeah. So I got an email from him. And then so the scammer was smart enough to be like, okay, this is his girlfriend. And then which one's his mom? So they knew to email the mom too. And the mom fell for it. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. So they found people who cared about him in his contacts and then were like, right. okay, well, it, I mean, I hate that his mom fell for it, but that's a good mom. She was trying to help out her son out the trunk uh, at Starbucks <laughs> in Montenegro. <laughs> no, but I it's know. also funny because if I, someone did run that kind of scam on me, I would feel some type of way if everybody was like, I'll pass. <laughs> like nobody's going to try to get me out the trunk. A hundred percent. That's true. You know, and I did, I did sort of like, go down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out if he is okay. He wasn't answering. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, this was like a very toxic boyfriend and he was always like cheating on me and stuff. So I did wonder like, did the scammer have a hard time figuring out which one his girlfriend was just reading emails? You know what I mean? I was like, I bet all these other girls got emails too, asking for like money. All the side pieces, uh-huh. all the, yeah. And I bet you none of them would give it. it. Sounds like he wasn't a great dude. I feel like they would have left him in the trunk. Yeah, no, that's why I was like, this is a scam. You know, in my heart, I was like, well, if he needs help, he needs help. But you know, he did just see that other girl like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> he was just cheating on me the other day so i know it was very complex and the mom was like i gave the money come over i need you're all i want to see right now just someone close to him and so i went and comforted her and then i was like you also need to halt that money if you can you know and it was too late i think it was like eight thousand oh, dollars Oh my God. $8,000. Oh, I definitely would have left him in the trunk. I've been like, that is, I am so sorry. 
They got AC? Do they got AC in the truck? I hope so. It'd be hot in Montenegro. Good luck. Lacey, no. you know there's no AC? Yeah, I know. I knew there was no AC, and I, I didn't even lift a finger. <laughs> you were like, I get that he wrote it in the email that there was no AC, and I was like, perfect. Even better. <laughs> but you're sweet to go see the mom, but $8,000? Eight G's, bro? And you're not even going to give me a little photo with him in today's newspaper or something? No, no, totally. And the thing about scams is, like, you have got really have to know your loved one's, like, voice. Mm-hmm. Because you read an email, they can't write. That's the one thing you have, is that scammers can't write in that personality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They always write in their own way. Some can, but, oh, but really? mostly, yeah, but mostly there's typos and, and it never sounds like the person. But some people, I've had some scammers writing my voice. No, I've seen so. that. I saw that. But I was still like, mm, you made her sound lamer. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I saw the screenshots that you posted, which is such a bummer that that happened. But it's true. If it's like fans or something, they might not know how you DM, you know, how you text. Right. Because so. I never had my DMs open. So there was really no way to know. But that's that's something. We'll get to Jada. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys know when we'll be getting to Jada very soon. Okay, no worries. No worries. It but, just came up. No, it just came up. We just talked about it. But yeah, that's just a little tease. Yes, mm-hmm. but a mess. But guys, we're going to take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements. We'll be right back with my, well, one of my favorite parts of the show. What's hiding fraud? Scam! Do you have an unemployed roommate at home? You know who I'm talking about. Children. Yes, Whitney said they are our future. And don't you want to invest in theirs? I know you want to set your children up for success. Maybe you want to save a little coin on private tutoring because we know that inflation is high and these wages are not getting higher. Okay, which is why I love IXL Learning. IXL Learning, it's an online program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. No more grading those worksheets. I Excel grades everything itself. No more trying to scam your kids as you try to figure out their math equations and their homework. And you know you haven't seen a trapezoid in about 20 years, right? So let IXL help you out. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning and get IXL now. And Scam Goddess listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com goddess. Visit IXL.com goddess to get the most effective learning program out there for the best price. The weather is getting warmer, y'all. Skies out, thighs out. Yes, it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. If you've been waiting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince, y'all, it's for you. You can build a lineup of timeless pieces that you can keep looking effortlessly chic year after year. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Oh no, I haven't even looked at the jewelry yet. Now I'm about to be over there buying jewelry. I'm telling y'all, Quince, when you start going over there, the luxury the vibe when I wash things, they come out of the washer and the dryer looking exactly like the, how they came in. The quality is so good and the price is completely unbelievable. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash goddess for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash goddess to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash goddess. And we're back, and it's time for What's Hot and Fraud. This is where we warn our listeners about popping scams in the zeitgeist, or more often than not, we get a letter from you guys. As always, snitch on your friends, your family, and your enemies at scamgoddesspot at gmail.com. Just make sure the scam is retired, because we don't want to what? Yes. Fuck up your bag. Amen. <laughs> Asuka, I need a fake name for this person. We don't care about gender. Yeah. Miriam. Miriam. Oh, Miriam definitely is a librarian. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And just so it has a lot of downtime because, you know, libraries yeah. these days, people are just like, I got my Kindle. So, yeah, Miriam's got time. Which is wild because the books be free at the library and online. You can get online books for free if you get a library card. Y'all get back into the library. But yeah, you're right. Miriam has a lot of downtime. She's mm-hmm. always playing Sudoku. Mm-hmm. She knows everybody who comes in and out of the library by a first name basis, at least. For and sure. Stuff about their kids. I love Miriam. So Miriam says, in my Midwestern city, there's a scammer who has been scamming for years and getting more brazen. He's a handyman and usually preys on single women or lesbian couples. It seems like he's afraid that men might kick his ass. So he'll give a very low price for a project, but tell you that he'll need a deposit for materials very soon because he's super busy and won't have time for your project if you don't pay him and get on his schedule. So you pay him half up front for materials, etc., and then he goes... Wow. Mm. It's often a fence. And he makes off with about $2,500 that you paid by Venmo. Before I knew this, I hired him to fix my gutters and tear down an old wooden garage. My boyfriend had to harass him and hold his hand and help him get it done. Months later, we discussed it and he only did about 75% of the work before my boyfriend gave up and decided that it wasn't good enough. So I have to pause here because I think it's so funny that this man Mm -hmm. is scamming, you know, women because stereotypically oh women don't know how to do any handiwork or whatever so he's scamming them but he didn't realize that she had a boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) yeah that like people have loved ones around them and maybe like a neighbor you know what i mean he was like, oh, somebody love you? Damn. Okay, I guess I'll do a little bit of the work then. Shit. All right. I'm coming. Uh, let me go to Home Depot. for. I thought you already did that. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go for real this time. Um, Yeah, he's like, while at the job Googling, like, how to put up gutter, you know? <laughs> he's like, how to, what to put next, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, handyman, why, why are you on YouTube right now on the ladder? <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about all that, sweetheart. You just go on back inside. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go on lunch one more time really quick, you know? Right. What's your Wi-Fi passcode? <laughs> He's like, fuck, I have to, oh, I have to learn the skill. Damn, I didn't think about a boyfriend. Right. I feel like he has like a handyman survey and it's like, oh, how big is your fence? What are the proportions? Do you have a boyfriend? Why is that on the list? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Or do you have a girlfriend? And I'll only right. come over if you have a girlfriend. Right. Oh is there God. anybody uh, who I would think is strong who loves you nearby? <laughs> Just answer that. That's just question number four. Don't worry about it. That's it. By the way, before, when I said Miriam has a lot of time on her hands, I, w- I thought we were describing the scammer. And so I take it back. Oh, yeah. No, I was describing the name mm-hmm. of just like a Miriam. You know, yes. that's just where I think that they are. Yes. So uh, 
Miriam continues and says that we know at least seven women and non-binary people who were assigned female at birth who he scammed. And when he contacts or he contracts with men, he does some of the work, but is so slow and the work is so poor that they end up calling it done then get rather than getting what they actually supposed to. So mm. he does take on men and he will show up mm-hmm. for the men. But he's like hammering one nail at a time, taking <laughs> several lunch breaks, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like this man is always on lunch, mm-hmm. and you know, just hanging out at your house, probably being annoying. And so you're tired of having somebody at your house, so you just let him leave. Oh my god, yeah, it's just a case of like being really slow, <laughs> you know. Which is like it's easy to catch a person like that, though a, a person who's just snoozing. You know what I mean? It's not a right. well thought out scam. I mean, it's been working for several years, so mm-hmm. I guess it, it must be doing something right. And also, I love that it's just working very slowly. They're like, he's been unwrapping the plastic on that hamper <laughs> for three hours. He ain't- That's how I tutored kids, by the way, because I, I guess I kind of ran a scam in that, like, <laughs> you know, I with a name like Atsuko Okatsuka, when I needed money, like in my twenties, ter- I would just put up flyers at pediatricians' offices saying. Do you need a tutor? And I would get calls because my name, Atsuko Kotska. you know, I, right. didn't, I didn't put my resume on there. It's, you know, you, you should have. <laughs> Your looked. name was the resume. <laughs> yes. And that's on them. <laughs> that's on them to not check. Because like I didn't know geometry, but that's what I was teaching, for example, to a bunch of students where I would just kind of like read up on it before I showed up or while they're doing a math problem, I'm looking up the answer. You're Googling it, like, mm-hmm, like <laughs> Googling huh? the Pythagorean theorem. Yes. <laughs> What is shapes? Yes. She's she's been online a lot asking about shapes. (laughs) Yes. So this is what it reminds me of. I was doing that where I was like, okay, trying to just one step ahead of my client. That's a perfect scam too, because one, you set it up great. You put it at a pediatrician. So, you know, people who have children are going to be in and out all over. Also like a doctor's office, that feels very official. Like, I wonder if they even thought like the pediatrician like recommended you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it feels exactly. It feels like I have an endorsement, you know, from yep. Henry Mayo Clinic. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I was living in the suburbs. So, you know, I felt wronged all the time anyway in Santa Clarita. So I was like, you know, I need some money. I'm going to see right. what happens. And they didn't check. That's their own thing. And that's the great thing about tutoring is you can get away with that for a long time because it's like, well, don't nobody in this room know shapes. Yeah, I don't know geometry either. So how are you going to tell me I don't? Yeah, because none of us do. But, you know, I have my face. <laughs> like, hey, Atsuko, can we talk? Um, some of me and the other wine moms who hired you from the Mayo Clinic, we've noticed <laughs> our kids' grades are going down. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? It's probably because they're not applying themselves. I love it. You're like, they just dumb. You're like, I did my best. My name is Otsko. You know I'm the best. At the shapes, ain't nobody shaping shapes like I do. Your kids are stupid. I'm, I tried my best, but I will need my money for this uh, last hour. <laughs> yes, exactly. Meanwhile, I'm, I dropped out of undergrad. Yeah. Listen, that's an excellent scam. That's that, that's perfection. I love how you're like, I don't, I've never seen any really, or just the, the one about the ex-boyfriend in the trunk, but it turns out he was running a hole. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, because this man reminded me of myself and, you know, so if I know any better, maybe one day he'll become a comedian too. 
Right, because he sounds hilarious. It feels like that might be his calling. <laughs> so he's also scamming people on Facebook Marketplace, selling them broken tools and then blocking them. Mm. This scammer is very charming and beloved and acts contrite when he's called out. But he's been doing this for a few years and has scammed about $12,000 that we know about. Damn. So some of which his mother paid people back for. Dang, you got your mama paying back? Wow. That's just like the ex. He sounded just like your ex. Is this your ex-boyfriend? That's what I was going to say. 12 grand, that covers about a part of the Montenegro scam. So Right. <laughs> so the mother covered about 12 grand that he owed a person. Oh, so this is uh, sad. We'll put a little warning here. But he owed uh, someone who unfortunately took their own life. And the community got together. And uh, this is Miriam writing. She says the community is a lot of leftists and anarchists, imprisoned abolitionists. So they're reluctant to get law enforcement involved and tried to have an intervention last year. And that's how his mom ended up paying some of his debt. Wow. And I love that all these lovely people were like... We don't want to call the cops. That's not the right. Let's go to his mama house, y'all. Who's going to bring snacks? I'll bring <laughs> snacks. You bring the, yeah, you bring the juice. Okay, y'all got paper plates? Okay, great. We'll have a little in. Hey, Stan. It's us, the community. I love that community. This is a great community. Oh, my gosh. Y'all are exemplary of how society should be more like. You know, right. that's pretty, that's, they like beauty and the beast did it. Well, actually that was a bad community. <laughs> that was not a nice community. Yeah, that was, that was a wild ass community. They but, were judgy. Yeah. But they did get together and, and sat him down and were like, yeah, everybody's like reading letters, like sh- shaking and crying. Yeah. Stan, they did it. When you <gasps> said you was going to fix my gutters <laughs> and you, you found out that I didn't have a boyfriend and sped away with my money. Mm-hmm. That hurt me. They <laughs> night stalkered it. A community came and actually stopped him first. Yes. Before the cops. Which, I mean, how often do the cops really solve crime? Look it up. It's slow. Okay. Yeah. And they don't prevent it. <laughs> yes. I'm glad these people stopped Stan or didn't stop. But like, the, I love the intervention aspect. That's so much energy from a community to, you know what I mean? Instead of like beating him up, they were like, look, you need help and we need the money back and the mom was involved and stands in denial he's like i can quit anytime i want <laughs> i can stop scamming anytime i want y'all don't know me y'all don't know my life they're like stan you you suck at what you do okay he's like i've always wanted to be a fixer-upper you suck okay <laughs> look you're not good at your job just you're not handy <laughs> you okay you got the man part but you don't have the handy part and that's essential and that's okay you know we and then maybe someone like offered up a job you know in the, the community right they're like we still love you Stan mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a place in this community yeah. I love that that's just such a fun thing to do and it's you know not punitive but honestly I, it didn't work Miriam said he kept scamming and didn't pay his mom back oh my hey. god to be honest, he'll probably end up either being in small claims court or he's going to end up getting his ass kicked every time he shows his face until he has to leave town, which is eventually what happens when you piss off a community that doesn't like to call the cops. So you call the odds go you said like they look, they tried. They tried the community intervention. Mm-hmm. They tried to do the healthy, holistic, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> the right thing. Yes. And then that didn't work. So they were like, all right, well, y'all get the pitchforks and shit because now we're going to have to beat Stan's <laughs> ass. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Too much grace. They've already shown him so much forgiveness. But I love that they have shown him grace, but they're also like, she didn't say, oh, uh, they go, we might have to beat his ass. She said he gonna get his ass beat every time he shows his face <laughs> until he has to leave town. So she said, no, we're going to continue beating his ass <laughs> until he moves. 
we're going to relocate him through these hands. He should move. Stan, move and pick up, you know, or else like it was looking good for in the story earlier. I had hope. Uh, okay. I had hope Miriam was going to be like, look, there's an opening at the library where I work at. You know, you can come stock books there. Right. And do it as slow as you want. Nobody will care how fast you put the books back in the Dewey Decimal System. Nobody gives a fuck. Yes. The Dewey's supposed to be slow. You can do it as slow as you want. He had and you his make chance. an honest living. Mm-hmm. Yes, he had his chances. Oh, my God. If I Stand mom, like that fast money. <laughs> kick him out. I feel for the mom. She didn't get the money back. Mm-hmm. Her son is trifling. And now he's a pariah of the community. She probably can't even go to Bunko night <laughs> without people being like, oh, God, that's Stan's mom. Who invited her? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's disrespectful. She should kick True. him out. Mom should kick him out. Miriam, I'm sorry that happened to you, but at least you got 75% of your work done because uh, someone with a penis showed up and Stan was spooked. <laughs> he was like, a penis haver. I'll get my tools. Damn it. <laughs> yes. And I hope the work's by now, right? Done. If not. Yeah. yeah by someone else, I hope. Someone who's actually got hands for handiness. Mm-hmm. But if not, you know, it's something funny to me just thinking that Stan can't go anywhere. I hope he's like in a Walgreens and then people just jump on him and it's like a cartoon fight <laughs> like where he's in a cloud of smoke and you just see like Stan's leg and his hand and some <laughs> stars. Like they're just pummeling him. That's what I want for Stan. Because Stan, you ain't right. People were giving you a lot of grace. Yeah. Totally. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's a good ad for defund the police that what you just <laughs> described, the cloud, this, you know, of his hands coming out. Yes, exactly. Like, we're not gonna rough him up too bad, but just enough that he starts getting fatigued with the fact that he can't pump gas without people pumping them hands, mm-hmm. them fists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, and this works too. You know, right. this- and I imagine him at Chevron and they do like finish letting him pump his gas. Like they put the little auto pump thing on so that his car- his tank's getting filled up. But while it's getting filled up, he's being pummeled. <laughs> You know, I always say the first line of defense for like someone you really want to like change is Zumba moms. Zumba moms will really scare a person into changing, I feel like. Yeah, they're fit and they got stamina. They got fit, they got stamina, they got synchronicity, you know. Yep, they're they're punching you to like Mr. Worldwide song. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, they're always on time, you know, and they're territorial. They're like, they're all punching like in sync. <laughs> yes. Have you ever been if you were chased like that, you would you would scream, you would run so fast. People yes. in sync just mean like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I know you won't me. I know I won't you. I'm like, get him, girl. Dale, dale. Dale, dale. Yes. And if it's the most on beat kicks. <laughs> yeah. And then corner him. And then if that doesn't work, you bring in your second line of defense comedians who have nothing. Uh, to we lose. the second line. What? I said, we the second line of defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With our own microphones, we drag it in, you know, in their face. Just try out jokes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's harmful. Yeah. Trying out jokes on someone who's not willing and si- didn't sign up for it. Yeah. That's pain. Yeah. We he, would definitely get him to move. He would voluntarily move. We got to send our strongest hacks. We got to send our strongest, like, 1996. 100%. But they they still doing those jokes in 2022. 100%. And think it's really funny. And so they're mm-hmm. doing it right in your face. We're going to bitches be shopping you to death, bro. Yeah, I've thought of this. And if that doesn't work, the last line of defense would be you bring in the people who are brave enough to go on that show, Naked and Afraid. Oh, those are wild motherfuckers. That's the last intervention. Yeah, bring them as they were on the show, Naked. <laughs> They're not afraid no more. They still naked. 
They are unafraid. <laughs> they are unafraid. Do you know what that blank stare could do to a person? You know, bring them out, still sunburnt, fresh off the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> people who volunteer to go to the middle of nowhere. That's scary people. You know what I mean? For free. Yeah. That show doesn't pay. For free. It's like, why are you trying to punish yourself that much? Did you kill somebody and you got to <laughs> take it to the grave? So you're like, I got to punish myself somehow. <laughs> I'm going to go out naked and afraid. Like, because, yeah. Everybody who signs up, they should have like a first line where they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we have it pre-interview and it's just, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, Lacey, I, I grew up in Santa Clarita. I need this <laughs> or whatever. Like my life is too good. <laughs> yeah. So- I've never had to worry about money. I have a thick, full head of hair. I'm a tall man. <laughs> I need punishment. Yeah. So imagine those people, you know, that, that would be the last line of defense for me. I've thought about yeah. this. I think this is a solid strategy. We would definitely get Stan packed the fuck up out of here mm-hmm. and on to his next town where he'll continue to be the least handy of handyman. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break for some non scam advertisements and we'll be back with historic hoodwinks. Robbery! Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. It's time for Historic Hoodwinks. This is where I will regale Osco, the famous con caper group of criminals. We'll see if we like them. We'll see if we hate them. Today, we're talking about Dan Mallory, his 2018 bestseller, The Woman in the Window. Brief content warning here. There's a brief mention of someone um, taking their life and some medical trauma. Much of the story was researched from Ian Parker's New York investigation, A Suspense Novelist Deceptions. Okay, how you old title going to be better than the title of the man's book? I know. Dan Mallory's book, his 2018 bestseller is called The Woman in the Window. Those titles always irk me that are like the man who was in the car, the man behind (laughs) the door. And then there was one called like the killer's cousin's wife or something like that. Damn, that's too many uh, steps away from the killer. Yeah, it's like doing six degrees of Kevin Bacon of the killer. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's like, let's just make it general. You know, who is she? (laughs) Who is she? Who, Who the fuck cares? She's a woman. She's just in the window. Does she have a name? Right. No, she just no. stands there in the She's window. She's a woman in the window getting in the way. <laughs> you know how women do. And, and oh, this is the uh, actual <laughs> book cover. And we don't even get to see the woman. That's how inconsequential she is. It's like, oh, 
it's the title. We'll post it on the Instagram, but it's the title. And then it's like blinds. Mm-hmm. It looks like there's like an invisible finger holding the blinds down. Like someone's peeking through, yeah. but there's no woman. Right. And who is peeking through is the woman. But the real star Lacey here is the window. It is. The window is the true star. Also, the woman doesn't even have a name. And the window gets to be on the cover of the book. Yeah, I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, sounds about right. Oh, it's like the time traveler's wife. It's like that kind of title where I'm like, yeah. you've immediately you say it's about her, but you immediately named someone with a more interesting job. I want to know about right. the time traveler. No, 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 no. We only talk about his wife. <laughs> no, we want to know what, about. But what she do? And this is Dan. And look at Dan. Okay, he's got the face of a grifter. He's got full head of hair. Uh-huh. He looks charismatic. Uh huh. Haven't haven't seen a day in the sun. Oh, no. Yeah, it's given Edward Cullen. It's, <laughs> <laughs> he he could have been in Twilight with no makeup. They would have been like, yeah, don't come as you are. <laughs> that is you got to look. He looks like he would get a book deal. He has the face of someone who just gets a book deal. I like, know. you have the name of someone who just gets, like, uh, people to sign up for their tutorials. <laughs> he has the face of someone who just walks into a publishing house and is like, give me one of them books y'all got around here. Wait, I prefer that look. I want that look. I don't want a tutor. <laughs> I don't want a tutor. <laughs> well, look, that has nothing to do with your look. Your look is fantastic. <laughs> I was just talking about your, you were right to put that name. Like, Otsko, you put that up mm-hmm. and, and the girls came running. Okay? I know. He walks into the publishing house and they were like, yeah, whatever you want to write about. Yes. And he's like, I thought so. Thank you. So I have ideas. <laughs> There's a woman. Mm, we'll call mm. her woman. <laughs> There's a window. And they're like, are you kidding me? $400 million. Up front. Up front. <laughs> you can have whatever you want. We'll take a book out right now. Write it on a post-it note. That's just the woman in the window. Good. Sold. So <laughs> this book features an unreliable first-person female narrator and an apparent murder and a possible psychopath. But it turns out many of the plot points involving deception and fraud in the book were taken from Dan's own life in publishing. Mm. Right? Well, you know. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. So the creation of his persona. Dan Mallory was born in 1979 in New York City. His parents were very, very waspy. This is in quotes. Okay. (laughs) In spirit of Catholic practice, know that WASP stands for white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, if you don't know. Typically, you know, very buttoned up people who are going to have three cocktails before dinner and (laughs) cheat on their, you know, significant others with the gardener and... Mm. Just really fun stuff, you know? Never cry. Lots of whispers at parties, but never any confrontations directly. (laughs) Beautiful shit. It takes so much restraint to be a wasp. Sometimes I do, like, love it. Because I'm like, oh, they're fighting, but, like, with eye movement. (laughs) It's, like, stuff I definitely mostly just seen in movies. Same. Yeah. I would love to see it in person, up close. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, shit, I'm here up close. Ooh, I'm too close. I Okay, I'll call an Uber. <laughs> I want to go to croquet events, okay? I want to be stopping divots with my best friend who I secretly hate, you know? Oh, that's not, I mean, I love that. It sounds fun, you know? Yeah, I would, I would do like five minutes at a place like that in person. Yeah. I love shenanigans, so it sounds good to me. So his Mm. grandfather was born John Barton, and he was born a poor. Or wait, his his last name was Poor? Never mind, y'all. His name is John Barton Poor. Poor. I feel like if my last name was Poor, I would have to change that just because the vibes aren't. 
uh-huh. giving what I want. And I got kind of confused just now, too, hearing it, where I was like... I did, too. I, I thought, you know, whoever wrote this was calling them a poor. <laughs> That's what I thought as well. But no, their last name is Poor. But Mr. Poor was a chairman and chief executive of RKO General, which owned TV and radio stations. So maybe he was trying to throw the girls off the scent. Mm. He was clearly very rich. Mm-hmm. He was like, let's go by Poor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the government won't notice yeah, when yeah. we file our taxes. <laughs> they love irony. They're like, right. So Dan began his fiction writing career in 1999. And towards the end of his sophomore uh, year at college at Duke University. A lot of scammers who've come out of Duke University. Just want to say that. I'm not the first Duke University scammer. What y'all doing over there, Duke? And how can I get involved? Mm-hmm. He published an essay detailing events of his lonely teenage life entitled, Take Full Advantage of Suffering. Okay, so you grew up rich and waspy, and then you wrote a book called Take Full Advantage of Suffering. So the piece described his life growing up in a single-parent home, acting as a caretaker to his mother who had cancer. A section of his book reads, I do not know whether she spied on me as I gazed downward contemplating the unjustly colloquial sound of lumpectomy, or if some primal maternal instinct alerted her to my presence, but in coarse, ragged voice, she breathed my name. Dan. That's an, <laughs> that's an excerpt from the book. Wow. Dan had employed a similar gothic style of writing in his college application essays, which he often used words about or wrote about the tragedy of his mother's illness and his own childhood. The strategy did not work for all schools. And when Princeton rejected Dan, he sent a letter to Frank Hargadon, the dean of admissions that started, you heartless bastard. What kind of latter day Stalin refuses admission to someone in my plight? Dang. Yeah, my God, so dramatic. The entitlement yeah. to reach out to someone at Princeton and be like, wait a minute, did you read about my suffering? I know. You, I'm, I'm suffering hella hard. How you not going to let me into Princeton, you raggedy bitch? <laughs> <laughs> but I prefer a sentence like that. People who write in like poems only or something, I'm just like, what? Are you trying not to make sense? Like, you just sit that like, uh, the dean of admissions at Princeton, a limerick? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you dramatic fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. We got to put you on a watch list because, like, sir, who does these types of things? Who does that this? Is, yeah. Also, the entitlement. It's very serial killer to be like, catch me if you can. Catch me if you cannot. My plight. Right. Also, the entitlement of not getting into a school and then reaching out to them is just so beyond me. Like, my mom made me apply to Harvard. I knew I wasn't going to get in, but I had a college coach and so I applied under women's studies which wasn't as popular of a major oh yeah and when I got the rejection letter I was like yeah makes sense <laughs> moving on yeah <laughs> it wasn't like Harvard you raggedy bitch y'all don't know my plight I'm a black woman in America y'all racist as hell for not letting me in <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like because things usually should work out for him kind of thing you know yeah Very much that energy. So the truth was that Dan grew up in a relatively loving home in the suburbs of Long Island, complete with private school and two very alive, (gasps) not sick parents. Oh, my God. Uh, Why did I not see? I was so (laughs) into, like, the gothic form of writing and the plight and the poems. I... That's his scam. I kind of didn't see that part coming. That like he's like hit him with the poems, then they won't worry about the facts. Oh my god! It's like no wonder you sound like a hot topic (laughs) 
like, mm, I'm so sad. You know, it's very like cosplay. It can be. Yes. You know what Cosplaying I mean? Cosplaying is tortured, which is interesting because it's what a lot of people who have an incredible amount of privilege do. Mm. They often like to make themselves the victim because they know they're really the predator. Ugh. You can't hoard wealth and be the victim. Like, that's just not how that works. A hundred percent. Okay. So private school and yep. parents who are very well. Very well. Healthy. Very much alive and healthy. So the same summer of 1999, Dan interned at New Line Cinema in New York because, of course, he did. Like, of course, he's got all the opportunities. Mm -hmm. In a later interview, he claimed that he spent the summer polishing James Wrong's Final Destination. So he said he was helping polish the book Final Destination. Oh. Or excuse me, the movie. Yes, I remember this a movie. Okay. And Final Destination was definitely a movie that really fucked me up in my childhood. Because the, when they started getting everybody... If you don't know what Final Destination is, <laughs> it's a movie about people being on a flight, like young hot people, and then the flight like crashes and they live. But everybody was supposed to die on the flight. So then they all start randomly dying and they're like outrunning death because death was like, oops, my bad. I, I meant to get all of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen it. I knew it was about like running away from death, and, you know, and your It was your very fate. popular at the time. Yes. Yeah. And it freaked me out because it was like, oh, if you were someplace, that, if you, it was like even people, I think, I, I, it's not really spoiling it. It's been out forever. But I think there was even people who like didn't make the flight because like something, mm. you know, went wrong or whatever. And they were like, nah, you supposed to be on this flight. So we gonna kill you too. Mm. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to go watch. It's very goth. <laughs> it is I also just love death being like my bad I actually meant to get all y'all hold on yeah that's really <laughs> I'll be funny. over there in six business weeks <laughs> <laughs> yeah but your life <laughs> he's like this is my only job okay I fucked up I don't right. usually do that <laughs> like who does he answer to I mean I feel like right death reporting to HR like I know I know <laughs> I don't know how it happened I usually kill everybody <laughs> I, I Give me a few weeks. <laughs> I'm going to get them in interesting ways. I'm going to make it hilarious. They're like, your job isn't complicated. It doesn't even have to be interesting. He's like, yeah, but I'm an artist. I misunderstood. <laughs> I'm like a misunderstood artist, you know. I got to be original. No, Death, you could just stop their hearts. Nah, nah, I got something better for their ass. <laughs> Hold on. What about several trucks that are holding pipes and then the pipes just start flying out of the truck? <laughs> Death, that's going to take forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, it's going to be cute. <laughs> Just wait till you see the headlines. It's going to be cute. You're going to like it. You're going to fuck with it. <laughs> so then this Dan Mallory guy co connected to this idea, this movie. Yes. And so he was basically saying that he was help helping James Wrong polish this movie up. And the movie was very successful at the time. Mm -hmm. So an opportunity offered to him because of his youth and, and his amazing writing ability. <laughs> and uh, he was giving the movie edge and helping sex it up in quotes. Okay. So James has since said that Dan never worked on Final Destination. Oh surprise, surprise. So he's just up here lying. So in 2001, he was a student speaker at Duke's commencement ceremony. He bragged about having talked his way into the thesis program of Duke's English department despite not having done any qualifying work. Yeah, we know, Dan. That's what you do. You show up places looking like you deserve things and then people give them to you. He said he had honed his personality to a fine lance and could deploy his character as he did his intellect. This is a quote. So he said he honed his... You are crazy, Dan. Yeah. You honed your personality. Mm-hmm. He was like, I practice lying so hard. Every day I get up, I tell lies to myself. So I believe them in the mirror. And then I practice on other people. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you can't have that much time on your hands, you know, when you do have the wealth. Well, he did work hard at lying. You know, I will say he did put in the 10,000 hours <laughs> to be deceitful. Okay. Oh Love God. that for him. So fake it till you make it. So let's get into the publishing. So between 2002 and 2004, Dan left New York to study for a master's degree at the University of Oxford in England, studying literature and writing. To his peers and professors, these years were interrupted by frequent trips back to America to take care of the recurrence of cancer. He done brought his mom back in, into the cancer. Oh, my God. So he had to go back and take care of her in quotes and no one dug deeper out of politeness because what are you going to be like? How are you going to be like, does your mama really like, that's a question no one can ever ask anyone. For sure. Yeah. They're like, show us a picture. Like, what are we going to do? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like you just, you can you always say it. you're an asshole or start crying. I'm sure he's worked on that too. So he's like, oh, I can't right. like, you want me to. He honed his skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just to clarify here, he also was saying that he had cancer. So he was saying, I'm going back to see my mom and take care of her with her cancer. But also I got a little cancer as well. It did too, <laughs> so I got to go take care of mine too, but I'm going to be back. But both of us, you know, very sick. So he did not have cancer. Surprise, surprise. And while his mother briefly fought breast cancer in his childhood, neither did she. She has been in remission for many, many years. So he received his master's in 2004 and moved back to New York and applied to be an assistant to Linda Merrow, the editorial director of Ballantine, a publisher under Random House. He got the job by describing during the interview how he loved his this woman's literature and he came like he would read it to his mom mm. while she was fighting the cancer and, and he was too. And so that's how he kind of worked his way. He's been using this grift in every single way possible. Oh my God. In one essay, he describes how his mother made him read aloud to her a passage in Little Women, which Beth dies stoically so that his mother could sneer at it, basically. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. So I guess he's trying to say, like, he kept his mom fighting for her life by reading books that came from this publishing house. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. All of it sounds so psychotic. In a way, I'm kind of glad he put it towards, like, trying to be a writer instead of, you know, actually killing people in the streets. Yeah. Because <laughs> it feels like that was his second career choice is murderer. Mm-hmm. While people were Like sleeping. he took one of those surveys and they were like, what which job is best for you? Crossing guard, writer, <laughs> murderer. Like, <laughs> totally. These are things you would really excel at. Like, what? Yeah, totally. So Dan was so impatient to advance at his work, he used his boss's office after work hours and worked on her computer. On a few bizarre occasions in 2007, after Dan said that he would be leaving the company to go back to school, several people found plastic cups of urine around Linda Merrow's office. The pee incident stopped when he left, but not the credit card fraud. What? Wait a damn minute. Yeah, wait. (laughs) So he was working in his boss's office after hours. Couldn't even go to the bathroom and pee. So he's peeing in cups. Don't even have the decency to take the pee cup with him when he leaves. And also doing credit card fraud? Yeah, I'm like, okay, credit card. I can't even say that word. Because I was thinking about that urine and how that was a very quick reveal. Like, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, it was a bit of a, it hit me from left field as well. Oh, he was peeing in cups, but also credit card fraud. Anyways. (laughs) <laughs> you know, as one does, peas and cups does credit card fraud. I'm with you. It tracks. This all makes sense. So a few months later, Dan's former employers noticed unexplained spending at Amazon.com.uk on a corporate American Express card. When confronted, Mallory acknowledged that he had used the card, but insisted that it was an error and also that his cancer had come back. Oh, my God. 
Okay, but did they ask about the urine? <laughs> I. It doesn't seem like they asked about the urine, and that would probably be my first question. Like, yeah, let's get to the credit card fraud for sure. Uh-huh. But then, why were you peeing in these cups? Yeah, and leaving them. Yeah, because that's like that's that was that was disruptive, and that yeah. that was you know in my way, and I had to smell it. <laughs> and can you imagine going into your office and then just finding a cup of pee? I would be so incensed. It's insane because you have to like oh you have to like get near it to know you have to like smell yeah. it or something. Go oh my god. Oh, God forbid you pick it up and then you smell it. Oh, what if a little bit get on you? Oh, no. I no. Would, and, and I can't believe he stayed for that long. They said, oh, it stopped happening when he was no longer there. But it's like first time, first time I would fire him. Yeah, y'all need to have an office meeting. Like, y'all need to take a page out of Miriam's book when she had the intervention for the handyman. Mm-hmm. That's You have to have an office meeting when you find one cup of pee. You definitely don't find two cups of pee and be like, hmm, yeah, curious. Totally. Yeah. Every. Oh my gosh. Okay. So he was buying things on for Amazon in UK. Yes. So in his application to Oxford's doctorate program, he's still getting more education. Dan included an unusual extended personal statement similar to his college applications describing an epic history of personal suffering, including his travel to help his sick mother, as well as his disabled brother, who also had cystic fibrosis. So now he's taking it up a notch. Now <laughs> the brother's sick. He's munchausing the whole family at this point. And what's interesting to me is that his strategy is like, people feel bad for me. If I make people feel bad for me, then they'll give me what I want. And, and so far, it's been working you know right. he did credit card fraud didn't go to jail pissed in everybody's office <laughs> and, and nobody even brought that up so while dad took care of his mother he also got a brain tumor and then his brother died under his care followed shortly by his mother passing away in reality dan's mother was very much not dead dan has even spoken about traveling with her in recent years so he never forgot that he told some people that she was dead <laughs> and he was like yeah me and my mom just got back from the caymans wait your mom uh, oh, uh, her spirit is with me everywhere <laughs> I go, including uh, a first class trip to the Caymans. <laughs> for her, yeah, we get her a plane ticket for her spirit. That's my main. That would be my main concern because uh, his life is getting so public. You can't be yourself. You have to like he could never see his mom. And yeah, right. just like that. The stories don't match up. Like, why are you, you got to treat your mom like a side piece? Like, you see you your do. mom, she's like, oh, let's take a photo for Easter. He, he's like turning his head. <laughs> yeah, your entire family. You know what? No wonder he was peeing in cups and forgetting to, like, put them away or throw them away. Because his mind was so busy having to remember, where did I lie? Who do I have to hide from the public? You know what I mean? So I got to keep a lie journal. You have to write it down. Oh, my God. Who was I lying to? When on January 14th, 2015, I told Oxford, <laughs> my mama died. You just got to write it down and read it to yourself every day, like the notebook for <laughs> <before> lies. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, my God. It's so much work. That was his real job, was having to keep up with being a liar. Mm-hmm. And Dan's father's also still alive. His brother is in excellent health. Additionally, though, doctorates take three to four years. But by two years in, Dan was also ready. <laughs> he was already signing his emails, Dr. Dan Mallory. <laughs> so he said, I'm going to get it eventually. I, I got enough of it to put doctor in front of it now. He was like, oh, my God. Dr. Phil, not really a doctor. <laughs> Same thing. So he never actually completed the degree. Dan would also later say he completed another PhD for, in the psychology department of American University, ironically for research into Munchausen syndrome, though there is no evidence of such research was conducted. So he even said, 
the thing that he was doing. He was like, I got to start incorporating the truth into my lies. Uh, I study Munchausen's, which he does really study it by practicing it mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. everywhere he goes. <laughs> so towards the end of 2009, he was hired as a mid-level editor at the British company Sphere, a commercial imprint of Little Brown. To the puzzlement of his New York colleagues, he worked with a... <laughs> he was working there as an assistant. Okay. In his new role, Dan flourished as a charming, flattering colleague to both literary agents and authors. At the same time, he didn't... He didn't let others forget his own achievements and passing. He mentioned that he modeled for guest jeans and that he appeared on the cover of Russian Vogue. Mm-mm. Now these are just random lies. No, no. But no, you can't be a doctor and a liar a model. and a model. No, I will not give him that. And a P-man. <laughs> that I believe. That's the only thing that rings true is that he has a small bladder exactly that's the only thing he said honestly but he he's traditionally attractive i wouldn't go russian vogue model attractive but you know i i guess people would believe this his flamboyance worked to seduce little brown's authors but they later became disenchanted when he missed deadlines or didn't do the work altogether. yeah of course because he wasn't doing his job that's gonna disenchant anybody like hey man can you actually do the employments and he's like Did I tell y'all about how when I was a model? (laughs) (laughs) But But yeah, then we heard. (laughs) Some people think I'm hot. They're like, cool, good job, good job. That's his deadline. He comes in and the paper just says some people think I'm hot. It's like, this is not the manuscript we asked for. Yeah, but don't worry about all that. I'm sexy. Remember that. I'll be in my office, not peeing in a cup. (laughs) So in 2010, Dan, now 30 and impatient to move further up the ladder, told Little Brown he had received a job offer from another London publisher that earned him a raise and a promotion. Hmm. He said he had another. He was like, somebody else want me, y'all. And they gave him a raise and a promotion, even though they were already disenchanted with the fact that he's not doing the work at the workhouse. Oh, my God. This man just gets everything. I honestly, I'm in awe. So in addition to speaking often about his own personal achievements, he also spoke often about his inoperable brain tumor that he had (laughs) that gave him just to 40 years to live. So he's also being like, hey, I need this promotion because I only have 10 years left to live because of my inoperable brain tumor. So y'all need to give me a raise. Wow. That is insane. I mean, I didn't. Wow. Okay. He's like, I don't have much time left to be CEO of this company, so we got to start the upper mobility today. <laughs> wow. I mean, I am. I'm also in awe. I like. I love it. I love it, and I hate it. So his coworkers wept at the news, and he took time off to seek experimental treatments. Dan even told his coworkers he toured on an assisted death facility in Switzerland. Uh, the facility he mentioned, Dignitas, does not offer tours. So it's a facility where if you want to, you know, mm-hmm. choose how your life ends on your own terms, they, you know, will help you. So he's saying that he went and did a tour of that place to try to even garner more sympathy. However, this place that really does exist does not give tours. Mm-hmm. And think about it. That would be a really weird tour to be given. So, yeah, this is where we we do you in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, it's very comfortable. We have leather seats and, and memory foam. Like, what? Like, what? I know. Exactly. Because it's like, the, you know, the last moments of your life. Of your life. It's not a long-term stay. It's not even hospice. Yeah, pictures will do. Pictures will. <laughs> no tour. Are you kidding me? 
Oh, my God. This man is just truly insane. So several months later, Little Brown CEO had dinner with the CEO of the company Dan claimed to have received a job offer from and was told that there was never such an offer. Duh. So when confronted, Dan said that the CEO was lying in retaliation for having once rejected a sexual proposition. Wow. So now he's saying he lying because I didn't want to sleep with them. Mm. So now he lying on me. And also remember my brain tumor and that I was a model. Let's move on. We got other things to talk about. Remember Russia thinks I'm hot. Okay. Anyways, I'll be back in my office. (laughs) Not being in guts. (laughs) Like, why does he keep saying that? (laughs) So Dan's response inspired very little faith. And he left Little Brown in 2012 under reasons covered by an NDA, though others speculate his bosses caught him in other lies. I'm sure they did. At the same time, he accepted a position at the New York publisher. I love that he can just keep getting jobs. Lyot Stelic. And he moved back across the pond where they were apparently unaware or ambivalent to the reputation that he was leaving behind. Though he was very much a blundering American in London, back in New York, he spoke in a British accent and used British phrases that even made their way into his writing. So he went back to (gasps) America and was like, now I'm British. Full Madonna. At one point in 2013, he stopped coming into the office due to unknown reasons. You know he don't like to work. I know. He's like, I want a job, but I don't want to do the jobbing. Yeah, I'm so curious to see his day-to-day, like, if it's just, like, a few sentences he types on a laptop, and he's like, okay, I guess I go now. (laughs) So, at one point in 2013, he just stops coming to work for unknown reasons. And that's when the emails from his brother Jake started. So, the Jake emails. Mm. In February of 2012, some of Dan's former London colleagues received an email from Jake Mallory, whom they'd never met before, telling them that Dan was about to go into the hospital for a high-risk surgery on his tumor. In addition to describing Dan's daily routine, Jake also mentioned Dan was treated terribly by the people throughout his childhood and teenage years and into his 20s, which left him a very deeply lonely person, so he does not like or trust many people. The following day, Jake sent a similar email to Dan's New York colleagues. Jake, in quotes, continues the dialogue with several editors and while most didn't question such a story Dan's writing is so idiosyncratic that a few people started to catch on they were like Jake writes a lot like Dan Jake's writing a lot of poems he sounds like a gothic vampire too exactly and also online impersonations are a plot point in Dan's book The Woman in the Window so to bring it back we're about to get back to The Mm. Woman in the Window but not really the woman just the window Mm mm-hmm So, meanwhile, the actual Jake was busy preparing for his wedding during the time that he was supposed to be playing nursemaid to Dan. A few days and emails later, after what Jake said turned out to be a seven-hour spinal surgery, Dan was in his own inbox again reporting to colleagues, Today I start weaning myself off my sweet Vicodin. So... I am, oh my God, I hate the way this man's writes. I hate how he fucking writes so much. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. I can't even read it. I'm going to try again. I feel like I'm having a stroke this episode. (laughs) Dan gets back on his email, his real one, at (laughs) dandefinitelyarealemployee.com.mail. And he says, today I start weaning myself off my sweet, sweet Vicodin. So am at least fit to correspond that is what it says oh i had to God. read that like i've been like i'm a five-year-old like with one hand under each word what are you saying i hate the way he writes too just say the thing i'm lying sorry been lying right <laughs> or just say i'm high on vicodin from my fake surgery but uh i i, I can say what's up now <laughs> 
but I'm still very much sick and need to not come into work. But also, hello. <laughs> I have a feeling y'all know that, though, because maybe a mysterious Jake hit y'all up. I don't know. Yeah, or the last all my life. <laughs> So in the following months, Jake continued his correspondence updates about Dan's health, which apparently declined again in March. So he then made his health decline again. I okay, Dan, get to the book. Shit, I'm tired of you. So Jake noted that Dan had been working with abused children and infants at the hospital where he was treated, and included anecdotes about their childhoods that implied that Dan briefly suffered some sort of physical abuse. So now they're saying he's at the hospital getting treatment, but also he patch Adams. <laughs> he be in there on red nose day just turning the fuck up really helping the kids uh what like he's so busy that this is the story of like 10 people you know right, what i mean i'm exhausted by him like i'm truly exhausted by him i'm like sp- i'm scrolling down because i'm like how much more like please <laughs> shut up go away so he's lying he lying some more that same night the email was sent. An ex-colleague of Dan's at Little Brown received an anonymous email calling her one of the nastiest cunts in publishing. Oh, my God. Dan denied sending it, though, in the book that he wrote, The Woman in the Window. Uh, oh, the woman has a name, Anna Fox. She seeks advice about a threatening anonymous email and is told that there's no way to trace a Gmail account in the book. So, okay, he's writing about his real life and the shit that he did to people. So several weeks later, Dan finally returned to work, but looked no worse for the wear. So he comes back to work looking great. Mm-hmm. Like he had all these surgeries. He was entertaining <laughs> the kids. You know, he had a downturn in March, then an upturn in <laughs> May. But somehow he looks the same. Right. And he's like, oh, you know, he's not working on a limp or something, you know. No, he should have did at least a limp. Yeah. And it, that doesn't really make sense with what he was saying was wrong with him. But give us something. Yeah, a curved back. I don't know. So on one occasion, when a coworker inquired after Jake, Dan casually told him, that he killed himself. So now he done killed Jake off again. <laughs> He's killed his brother no less than three times at this point. Uh, his, what? His co-workers must have felt so crazy. They all probably sought mental health help. Maybe they all were taking pills at this point. Like, maybe we... All- I would have. You know, I'd be like, no, I'm the crazy one then, you know? I'm, <laughs> I, I'm losing my mind. This <laughs> man comes in here every day. He loses a family member every day. I've lost count. I'm crazy. And in the most tragic ways. Also, how you just going to be like, you sending these emails to people as Jake all this time, <laughs> keeping them updated on your fake health. And then somebody asks you about Jake, you just like, oh, he did. Like what? Yeah, I don't. I would be like, give me all the pills, doctor. I need to be high every day. I need a therapy session after this because this is really just getting in my head. So yet again, <laughs> his colleagues and his bosses either believed his stories or didn't care enough to do anything about it, despite having since admitted that he has never had cancer. So they're just like, oh, whatever, man, we're busy. We got <laughs> public- print is dying. We have bigger th- fish to fry <laughs> than Dan and all of his lies. <laughs> so if only he could put them on paper, that's where the lies will really cook. And he does. So plagiarism of the woman in the window. Oh. So it was the summer of 2015. We're getting to the end of this, guys. Uh, it was the summer of 2015 that Dan said he came up with an idea for his debut novel, The Woman in the Window. The book is about a mid-career psychologist with professional experience in psychopathy who is trapped at home by crippling agoraphobia brought on by traumas. The premise is closely describing the 1995 thriller Copycat starring Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter. So he literally copycatted copycat. That's so wild. It's like he was trying to get caught. 
I love it a little bit. Yeah. The respective protagonists of both the movies even share similar usernames to their online forums. She Doc and The Doctor is it. So though Dan has said he took the pseudonym A.J. Finn because it was easily recognizable and readable pixelated, in reality, it was because he worked at a senior level in publishing. Publishing and film rights were bid on, though when Dan revealed his name, many publishers dropped out. So the reason that he dropped under a fake name, which a lot of authors do, they'll do a pen name, Mm -hmm. he did it because his real name is so soiled that nobody was going to get involved. He was like, I just want to keep my anonymity. No, bro. <laughs> you don't want people to know you a thing. Dang. So the novel entered the Times bestseller list at number one, the first time in 12 years that a debut novel has done so, just months after Gillian Flynn's The Girl on the Train swept the publishing world by storm. So you were right, Asko. This was the time of... <laughs> <laughs> bitch on a train. The girl, <laughs> bitch on the train. Bitch in the window. <laughs> bitch in the attic. Bitch in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the girl. <laughs> and we were eating these bitches up yeah and sure were i was like where the bitch at now let me get it let me buy that book girl who hangs she got out a dragon with- tattoo <laughs> exactly girl with the earring girl with the boyfriend who's more important wait why are you naming real books though the girl with the earring is a real book too no i know it's like oh my gosh we just wanted to get to know girls doing stuff <laughs> women are down. Just girls being girls being girls being girls. Like, women are down bad in the publishing world. They hate us. God damn. <laughs> the bitch on the train. The bitch getting hit by the train. Like, what? <laughs> so... <laughs> So it debuted number one because we were eating up the the, the bitch books. Mm-hmm. We was like, yes, where's the bitch now? Where's Waldo, but a bitch in a book? Yes, yes. <laughs> we haven't seen a woman in the window. Yeah. <laughs> right. We've seen her other place. Oh, the woman by the dishwasher. Okay. <laughs> She's moving. <laughs> a whole ass book. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to read it. So a film adaptation starring Nicole Kidman and Gary Oldman was shot months later after its debut, followed by a subsequent parody, The Woman in the House Across the Street from The Woman in the Window, which I auditioned for this show. Oh, this was with Kristen Bell. I love this. This is, that's fun. If you haven't, it's a fun show. It's a fun parody of like, the woman just being places. not listened to and being places and no one believing her. I love that. And I love Kristen Bell. She's so good. So it's it's a fun one on Netflix. So despite his reputation, he has not broken any major laws and Dan still has plans for a second book to come out with Harper Collins. A television series is set to come out about Dan's deception starring Jake Gyllenhaal as Dan. Ah, Dan, you can't lose. Yeah, because you you probably get paid for that, right? If someone plays you. If he's a part of the licensing, which it seems that he is, well, there's it's a television series set about his deception. So I actually don't know if he's a part of the licensing because you don't get paid if it's public knowledge and people decide to do a movie or a TV show about your life. That's why Pam and Tommy, even though it was so brilliantly acted, when I found out that Pamela Anderson was like, I don't get paid from this. I'm being exploited again. And I was like, the whole show is about her exploitation. And then they're like, girl, we don't need your permission. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Because I think they did Selena, the TV series, and the family was like, we didn't get anything out of this either. And we- Yep. Dahmer, 
Like, they were recreating traumatic moments from court scenes word for word, bar for bar. And none of those people even were alerted that the show was coming out. They found out on Twitter, like the rest of us. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, hopefully in this case, Stan doesn't see a dime. Yeah, we actually, in this case, we hope Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Dan is not getting coin mm-hmm. and, and and no recognition. Mm-hmm. That's what I hope. Jake Gyllenhaal, you go get that bag, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully he sees none of it. In the other cases, I'm like, ah, it's not really so great. But here I'm like, Dan, I hope you get robbed because you have just scammed up. I've never seen someone fail up so far. He kept getting fired for places or leaving under mysterious circumstances yeah. and then still getting another job. I know. And then promoted. <laughs> I'm also promoted. like, I'm also like how, I wonder what his family actually thinks, you know, or like, if they're like, hey, this has gone really far. Can you stop? I know his family is so tired of funeral homes calling them. They're like, I'm not dead. I know. No, we don't. Shady Pines, if you don't get your bitch ass off this phone. <laughs> exactly. Yes, 100%. Forever interred. No, we do not need your business. We go- Everybody's alive. <laughs> they just get flowers all the uh-huh. time sent to the house. Yes, yes. Oh my god! If they see another casserole, they're just gonna pass out. Like they're like, please, everyone is alive over here. We swear. <laughs> yes, Jake is the healthiest of us all. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Oh my god. Oh uh, well, that brings us to the end of this historic hoodwink. Which wow, Dan, I'm tired of you just from reading about you. Like I'm tired of reading your writing. It's absolutely horrendous. But apparently, people love it. But that's also because people love to see a girl or a woman somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, and that's a greater, you know, comment about society. Truly. And now we've reached the saddest part of the show. The end, where I have to let Otsko go. But before we do, we just want to update you guys Scammer of the Week. This is a short one. On November 18th, Elizabeth Holmes, Lizzie, our black turtleneck evil girl boss royalty. (laughs) The founder of Theranos and the tiny thing was sentenced to more than 11 years in prison on Friday for defrauding investors about her company's technology and business dealings. Her team had asked for just 18 months on house arrest while prosecutors sought 15 years and $804 million in restitution for 29 investors. Mm. Though Elizabeth's specific charges carried a maximum sentence of 20 years, it's a rare fraud sentence that is so heavy and Elizabeth obviously plans to appeal. Pour one out for Lizzie, y'all. Throw a black turtleneck out the window. Because <laughs> this is trash. I mean, like, I want her to go to jail. Well, actually, I'm not into carceral systems. And, like, I think it's a waste of money to put people in jail. But if you defraud rich people, oh, you're going to jail, jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're going to club fed. Because mm-hmm. this isn't even about all the poor people and the sick people that she tricked and lied to with a tiny thing. This is solely about the rich investors that she stole money from. Yeah. Which is sad. That that's what it takes to get justice. I know that you had to have covered, you know, yeah, exactly. And someone, a Walgreens executive quoted her saying that pretty people like me don't go to jail. And that quote kind of got out and everybody was like, "Mm, well, it seems like they're going to put your cute self in jail, Lizzie. And you'll still be cute behind bars, I guess. Yeah. I I don't know, child. Yeah, I mean, people will still be doing portraits of you or something. You could have a caricature person and people are saying like oh well she'll get out earlier than that but if she loses her appeals you have to serve 85 percent of a federal sentence 
regardless. So mm-hmm. the earliest she could get out right now is nine and a half years. Wow. Yeah. So Lizzie, Lizzie, and she pregnant. I know she was cooking up them kids to be like, okay, we got to time this baby for when we going to be at the sentencing. So oh. then they'll look at me with the baby in, <gasps> inside me while I'm cooking it and be like, no, we can't send this this maternal queen to prison. Oh my God. Oh. And this is why I support abortions. Like people just will, <laughs> people will just get pregnant and that baby, can you imagine? Now that baby's not going to have a mama. Like you had a whole baby for a publicity stunt. You did that to the baby. The baby's like, what did you use me for? What? Why am I here on earth? Oh, you know, I was trying to get 18 months <laughs> instead of nine oh, years. house arrest. Oh my God. That's why you exist. Because I was trying to get 18 months house arrest instead of prison prison. But I love you. <laughs> I don't regret it. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my This is God. all being said on a phone in the prison. I know. Oh, oh. damn. Well, well, y'all pour one out for Lizzie. Thank you for that update. Of course. And we always ask at the end of the show, Asuka, where would you like to be found? Anything you want to promote? We know you got this special coming out on HBO that I'm super excited about. That's December 10th. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to promote? Socials, whatever. No, I mean, you can find me at Otsko Comedy for, you know, on all the socials. And that's where you'll see more updates. But yeah, just my HBO special. I worked so hard on it. I'm so excited to share with y'all. Yes. And you really should follow Otsko on socials because she's very entertaining, very funny. So many great videos. Her with her grandma, uh, other hilarious comedy videos. Like you're very entertaining to follow and a lovely timeline cleanse from the doom and gloom. So thank you. Thank you, Lacey. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on. As always, guys, you can find me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I-D-V-A-L-A-C on all platforms. If you want to follow the show and see the photos, Scam Goddess Pod. And if you want to email us, stitch on your friends and family at scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. Congregation, stay being in windows. Scam <laughs> <laughs> Goddess. This has been an Earwolf production in association with Team Coco. Scam Goddess stars and is hosted by me, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess. It's produced by Judith Garkbo, engineered by Ryan Connor and Abby Aguilar. Our researcher is Kaylin Brandt. Stay scheming. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.